to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fulick. Welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fulick, and as always, we like to talk about things related to disaster recovery, business continuity, tests and exercises, COVID, well-being, anything that helps you, your organization, or your community prepare for, respond to, and overcome adverse situations. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am the only Alex Fullick there, and I'm easy to find, and I do respond to everything I get. Today, I uh, first want to say up front, this guest is long overdue, way too long overdue. And for whatever reason, I have to take the fault of not inviting him on before. I'd like to welcome to the show today, Rob Burton. Rob, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Alex. And uh, don't worry about it. So I, I I meet people all the time and, and they say, been in the industry for too long and you know, I've heard about you and we've not met each other and, and likewise. So uh, no, no problem. Don't beat yourself up too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's true. This is the first time actually we're meeting, even yeah. though, uh, I, well, I've like you said, I've heard of you for a long time. And, uh, you know, this is the first time we're actually uh, reaching out and touching and we're actually recording, uh, an episode. So I think that's kind of, kind of neat. So very cool. Yep. Now, just in case there's anybody listening on voice America or watching on YouTube, because do have people around the globe. Can you take a minute or two and just tell us about yourself, what you do and how you got into this? Yeah, certainly be happy to. Yeah. Um, you know, really my passion for this started when I was in the military. So I joined the army at 16 years old, which, you know, you know, here in the States, people find that, you know, very odd. Um, but, um, you know, essentially back then, uh, I, you know, got got an opportunity to join the army as an infantry soldier, a junior soldier. And so nine months of training, uh, and then joined an infantry unit and spent 13 years in the British army where all things preparedness happened every day. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, everything from the personal preparedness to the team preparedness to operational environments uh, that's where i bring all those uh, you know kind of kind of skills from so i was in the first battalion grenadier guards so if you watched uh, the funeral recently of her majesty the queen uh, you'll notice those uh, pallbearers um on the coffin they um were from the queen's company which i was part of that company uh, oh, back uh, all those years ago yeah so for, you know, kind of fun fact um mm-hmm. i was in the queen's company and then um uh, towards the end of my uh, military career last been the last three years uh, with the special forces uh, and then moved on to the corporate sector, which has been 20 years now. So I've been here in the States just over 20 years um, and I bring in all that operational experience from the military, all that preparedness experience from the military and bring it into a disciplined corporate environment is essentially, you know, my backstory to how I arrived in, uh, you know, the crisis management, business continuity, emergency management world uh, here uh, in North America. Which is more uh, disciplined, the Army? Or corporate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, a no-brainer. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, very disciplined. I, you know, I, I, in my early days coming into the corporate environment, I was kind of, you know, th- thinking that um, this would be an easy, um, an easy ride, and uh, it's, it's not been. But certainly, um, as you kind of nurture them through the process, and uh, you know, you do your exercises, which I know we'll probably t- we're going to be touching on heavily here uh, in the next, uh, you know, forty-five minutes or so. Um, uh, you know, they, they come along and they get. You know, they get better at it and they understand uh, the reasonings behind uh, having a disciplined process uh, team uh, and having a thorough plan in place um, to, to react at a moment's notice. Very, very disciplined uh, answer. <laughs> 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 well, let's jump into what we're going to talk about today and which is, as you said, exercises for corporations. Um, You've you outline a five step uh, process. Yes, I would say. So why don't we start going through those? Um, what are the five steps? Or let's now nah, let's introduce them one at a time so that 
you know, keep people in tune here. Yeah. What's step one? Well, it's all about the the pre-exercise planning, uh, Alex. And, you know, it, it's like anything, you know, we, we, before we walk out the door in the morning, you know, we need to put a plan together, right? You know, what's it look like outside <clears> for us? Um, and, and so it's no, it's no different when we plan an exercise. Uh, and we put the five steps together just before I jump right, right into that first one um, to help corporations, you know, put together a, a really thorough exercise, uh, but not this detailed HC model, uh, which, you know, here in America, uh, for those of you listening around, the world um, is a very detailed process for um, local, you know, municipalities, you know, uh, you know, governments around the country and federal level and local level, state level to build these, you know, big fancy exercises. So what we said is, you know, let's bring that to the corporate space, but let's water it down is, is the way I like to describe it. Um, but still make it make sure that we have uh, a solid process. And so that first part is that pre-exercise uh, design. So, you know, we're kind of thinking about what we want to accomplish. And really, it's about those goals. And we talk about it all the time, Alex, and, and you're very familiar with this objectives. What do we want to accomplish mm. what are we looking at here what is it a plan is it just one plan that we're looking at is it a wider set of plans throughout the organization um, is it just the crisis management plan and bringing the team together for the first time to walk through their roles and responsibilities and identify what the challenges might be so really it's you know sitting down and thinking about what you want to accomplish that's one um, aspect of the uh, step one uh, as the pre-exercise planning phase another aspect of it is of, of course we want to know our audience we're going to be inviting along based on that plan um in our findings you know we want to make sure you know from the past this you know if you bring the wrong audience in um you'll have some bad feedback at the end and, and that feedback will be i shouldn't have been here you know based on the objectives <laughs> um, well, a lot of people think that anyway even when they are identified <laughs> uh, well yeah yeah that's right yeah those that, those that get rather nervous uh, don't want to be there yeah so and then the other things you know just logistical stuff like you know make sure we got it on the calendar calendar is really important so you know pushing out what's this look like from a design standpoint is this a six to eight week effort is it longer because it's a bigger exercise you know full-scale exercise for instance we plan sometimes four to six months out in terms of putting all that together because of all the different stakeholders that are involved in the complexities but it's certainly a, t a simple tabletop like we're like we're covering today um you know uh, th th those are the key components of that pre-exercise planning how much planning pre-planning is too much because some people, even on um, uh, tabletop walkthroughs or to big simulations, want big reams of documentation, you know, ch project charters or test charters that outline, you know, objectives and all this other stuff. But how, then there's the, the, the mantra exercise, the plan, not plan the exercise. So yeah. where do you draw the line? How do you draw the line? Yeah, it's really about that balance, really, and you've and you've got to understand your audience, right? So, so, and you would hope that you know if you're responsible for putting an exercise together, that you have a general understanding, and, and you know, and as a you know a contractor, a consultant, that sometimes we come in uh, to a, a new customer, uh, you know, we have to learn about their business, and that's sometimes difficult, you know, just from a, a resource and time standpoint, right? Because you know they're not going to pay you for all that time to get up to speed. Um, so we we like to work with a trusted agent, someone inside the organization who really knows uh, the organization quite well and that's how we kind of get up to speed and that helps us kind of you know nurture what that fine line might be uh, in terms of that balance because yeah you can you can go overboard um, and you know some people like that some people like like going to the extreme at one end and then of course there are others on the other end that want to go to the extreme and do nothing during, <laughs> during the exercise so um, so it is getting that balance right and uh, and that can be challenging um, but um, you know I think you have to be flexible during the exercise as well which I know we're going to touch on uh, in the other steps here. One last question on this one. How do you identify your audiences? Because sometimes with all the interdependencies within an organization, you could identify, let's say for the arg sake of argument, 10 groups that need to be involved. Yeah. And one of them will turn around, no, I'm too busy. But right. yet they're a dependency for others. So how do you go about that? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's again, it, you know, it's, it's difficult. It's about relationships like in, in most, you know, mo most circumstances. So, um, you know, we, you know, we like to lean on the crisis coordinator within that organization, uh, within that team. So, for example, um, you know, using those different uh, cross-functional teams as an example for a corporate crisis management team at a fairly senior level, you've got human resources, you've got legal, you know, you've got uh, facilities, you've got, you know, uh, communications, you've got all those different interdependencies. And again, 
one of those decision makers is not at the table. What we like to say is you've got to send someone. So if you don't want to be there, your backup has to be there or there has to be a representation. And of course, there's nobody there. Typically what happens in the after action report is there's feedback saying that, you know, there's a gap in the planning, yeah. right? And so, and then if you've got a CEO in the room, for instance, if you are doing a senior level exercise or, you know, whoever the leader might be for that particular exercise, uh, you know, and the uh, report comes back in and it mentions that, you know, this was a gap in the exercise because nobody attended, then, um, you know, that there, might, there should be, you know, ultimately some um, ramifications for that in terms of, mm. well, you know, you know that, that's a gap in our planning. You need to be there next time. And, and, and here are the clear reasons why, right? Because we uncovered a major gap in our planning. Yeah, and consider yourself lucky that it was an exercise and not the real thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to step number two. Yeah, so this one is clearly you know one of the more important steps, and that's really putting the scenario together. So this is the scenario and the exercise design piece is step two. And so um, this is where we, we, you know, we talk about the type of scenario that we want to do. So step one, we figured out our objectives. Okay, we want to test the plan. We've got these groups of people. We know kind of general general timeline. So we've got some of the logistics out of the way. And now it's about, okay, well, how are you going to accomplish those objectives? What type of scenario do we need to, to, to be looking at here? And you may discuss that in step one, but certainly pen to paper is, um, is, uh, is the time in step two. And so whether it's a cyber exercise, you know, based on you know a cyber plan that's being challenged or whether it's a communication exercise or you know depending on you know again all, all those uh discussions you had in step one uh, will really uh, define what you're going to do in step two so what we like to do in this first part of step two alex is put an overview together so this is a storyline i like to do an introduction at the beginning so it's like how is this going to unfold in real life in our organization you know so will this be a big bang will this be a slow burner what how will this happen to us and then we have a middle part how much worse do you want it to get so this is where you can have a little bit of fun and say okay we're going to kill a few people no i mean that's not fun but you know how do you know how bad is it going to get in the middle here for us how the pressure from the media you know pressure from all our stakeholders um, our customers our financial you know you know our stock's gone downhill very quickly because we made some poor decisions whatever it might be and then how how are we going to come out the other end is the third part of that so we call it the one pager and so that kind of gives us an idea of how we get from a uh, through to z essentially uh, in the storyline and you want to make it a story as well um and so what once you've done that one page you'll be like to get that approved uh, again that's from one or two decision makers within the organization you don't share that with everyone because again we want to make sure uh, that uh, you know the audience has been te- uh, validated through the exercise uh, doesn't under- doesn't know what the scenario is um and so you get one or two sign-offs from that uh, make sure you're heading in the right direction and then you go into the details of the injects um so this is where we put all those very specific pieces of information into that storyline okay step one it's uh, an explosion how does the explosion happen right so we've got some details around that what happens next but after that explosion has happened what are you expecting the team to say or do uh, after that particular piece of information has been presented to them and then you move along in a simulated timeline like that one of the challenges you have, Alex, as you know, is the simulated timeline. So we may be compressing a cyber scenario, a ransomware event, for, for instance, into a two-hour window for a, for a leadership team when the reality is this is a two-month event or a three-month event or whatever it might be. So again, you've got to think about that as you're putting pen to paper and creating these pieces of information that make up this storyline. And I'll just finish off. I know, I, I know you're dying to ask me a question. I can see, I can hear it coming, but I'll, I'll, I'll just finish. I'll just finish off my comment here. Um, It is about the storyline because you need to make it realistic to their environment and then they engage with you and then you get much more input from them and you get better results throughout the exercise. So build it to your environment, make it realistic to your environment and you get great results. My first question is how do you deal with situations where sometimes the scenario is mandated by somebody up in leadership and it's usually the worst case, the least uh, probable. You know, we lose our entire data center due to a uh, massive earthquake. You know, that's what I want you to test. And thou shall test to that. Right. How do you handle those kind of situations? 
Yeah, well, in in our particular instance, as as we are a vendor that comes in from the outside, it's, it's difficult in terms of challenging that uh, because you're getting mm. paid ultimately to to look at that. Um, and, and so, um, if, if you do have a good relationship with the customer already, um, you know, hopefully you can you can sit down with them and, and go through that risk register, as it's known, or you can take a look at all those different horizon scanning events that could possibly happen, um, and maybe use it as an opportunity to say, yes, that's a really good one but can we take a look at all the others that are going on in your environment all the other challenges that you may be faced with uh, that will lead us to the same objectives right so i mean you're doing things you know kind of roundabout face here we like to mm. go back to the objectives and, and we'll certainly encourage them to do that um but yeah no a, a big challenge uh, for, for some organizations and actually i i don't i don't hear too much of that which is really you know encouraging um in terms of in terms of that it's normally um the opposite way around in terms terms of um you know uh, looking at something where they don't want to go into too much detail so active shooter is an example we don't want anybody mm-hmm. to die because we don't want to you know talk about that with our human resources piece which again you know is a touchy subject to, to get into of course yeah I, i've been in that situation where no you can't do that scenario because it's going to make way too many people uncomfortable yeah <laughs> you know, um, uh, okay <laughs> but yeah. i've been the other way where they wanted the full data center uh you know to be disappear because of an earthquake and i challenged it because i said well now you're assuming that everybody in it is fine right and that they're not impacted by this quote as you say massive earthquake so i was just kind of wondering how you would deal with those kind of kind of things like that but i i like what you said with the uh, risk register aligning to to that can you explain what you mean by risk register yeah so i mean and i mean that's a holistic you know term term for you know mm-hmm. taking a look at all the different i think this is you know you know something that organizations and and again some do it a lot better than others in terms of you know really understanding what your risk is right so across the, throughout the enterprise so you know even if you're a small business really you know you know the, the risk is there and there's lots of different areas of risk that you can you know you can consider um so so we like to pull in a cross functional team when we start discussing this Right. So so you might have someone in the sales department who's seen something that you have not even even thought about. Uh, and you might be on the risk team. You might be on the continuity team, whatever you might be. <clears throat> but you've got someone in the sales force who's hearing a lot of things from the, from his or her team out in the field in terms of you know something that keeps popping up. So uh, so that's the type of data that we want, and it's that's mm-hmm. so so we like to get that cross functional representation, especially at the crisis uh, management level. And and uh, horizon scanning is a great tactic to use for that. Um, and again, bringing all those partners in and just trying to you know because again there's lots of information out there. Of course, the big brands, the Fortune 500s, have to do it. On a regular basis, there's a formal process for that. They have well documented, um, you know, uh, risk profiles. Um, but again, you know, e- even there, you know, we've seen whereby, um, you know, a- again, a new project comes up. So here's a great example: you got a new project starting. It's a new build, um, you know, or you're offshoring. You know, we had an exercise a couple of years ago where an organization all of a sudden, you know, offshored, and they didn't do an exercise to go through the risk around what would the risk be, and so we did a scenario afterwards where there, there was an outage and, um, you know, based on, you know, some events that were happening uh, within that particular region um, uh, overseas. And so, but they not didn't have the forethought for that. So, hmm. um, so again, so again, it's really getting them to think outside of the box um, if they're struggling or if they're going down a path where, you know, maybe they shouldn't be going. On that note, we've come to the end of our first segment. We're talking with Rob Burton today about exercising for corporations. And we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Not enough women are talking about money. Lisa Chastain is aiming to change that. If you are feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, 
Join us on Real Money, Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become more capable with your financial choices. Listen in and hear stories from other women on how they tackled their financial challenges. You will learn from leading industry experts all the tips, tricks, and advice that you need to establish financial confidence and freedom. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. We are talking today with Rob Burton about exercising for corporations. Rob, great first segment there. Lots of good information with step one and step two. Now, let's start with step three. Yeah. So when we put this five, these five steps together, I was, you know, come again, coming from that disciplined military environment. Uh, uh, and this was, you know, came from experience as well. Um, you know, it's really about final logistics. So it's, are we ready to run the exercise? Right. So we, we've got everything ready. The scenario is ready. We got the team. We got the location. We got the dates. Everything's good to go. Um, but have we tested the equipment? Um, do we know, um, if, you know, that building is available or if there's something else going on in it today if it's a virtual exercise uh, are we comfortable with breakout groups do we know how to mm. put teams into breakout rooms before we even get to using that piece of technology so there's lots of questions and i'll say um this came up early on when we started to focus fully on exercises here at prepared X as our core business um and it came up um and, and you know without not naming any uh, you know <laughs> of the brands involved you know we we would walk into you know again some some of the biggest banks you know some of the biggest insurance companies you name it and uh, we, we would say can we get in the evening before and they would say well that's crazy you don't need to get in the evening before you'll come in 10 minutes before We'll pull, we'll plug your laptop in and you'll be good to go. And I'm like, <laughs> I already know where that's going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so you talk about lessons to be learned. We, we learned that very quickly. And so, and so when, when they said, look, not the night before, but we'll give you an hour. And that's what we had to settle on. You know, some organ, if it was a big, you know, fancy exercise, you know, 60 people, 70 people, multiple rooms. And then we'll get in the day before or the evening before and be allowed to kind of set up and make sure we can navigate through that. So, so certainly, you know, battle prep as, I call it um, the uh, the day before <clears throat> or the or the morning of um, if you're coming in and plugging in you know making sure the audio obviously it works you know you know making sure mm. you've got all your documents laid out on the table if you've got handouts um, you know making sure that um, you know you have the tea and, tea and cakes ready to go or tea <laughs> tea and donuts whatever 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 it might be um, you know it, it's really important because that really makes the difference uh, of the you know you were you were organized and the session went really you know listen you could have you could have missed a couple of things here and there in the scenario you know you might have slipped up on one or two things that you said but you know what you rounded it off by making sure that the event flew uh, was flowing smoothly uh, and everybody was very happy uh, with the end result because you remembered you know to bring in donuts <laughs> actually you were showing your english side there when you said tea and cake i did, yeah, I did. Yeah, afternoon afternoon tea yeah <laughs> what um Speaking of logistics, uh, and you mentioned, you know, the 60, 70 people uh, exercises in multiple locations. Do you manage that differently than some of these smaller ones? And I don't mean, um, you know, obviously size, you, you can obviously tell. But do you manage them differently by uh, way of scenario and by way of the planning 
uh, you know, sure. like, are you building on the previous steps? Yeah. Yeah. No. So, yeah. You have to be really careful in terms of um, expectations, right? So, so we'll lay the expectations out early. I remember doing one again, multinational bank, um, and it was their kind of annual big event where all their preparedness folks came together, as well as you know IT divisions and all all kinds of different groups. And uh, I think we had in in Boston over you know m- maybe seventy on the day, and then we ran into uh, an evening exercise with Asia. Anyway, so it's this kind of you know big, big, uh, well thought out event, um, and, and if you have enough time, then you can go into the level of detail that you would normally go into in terms of your scenario. Uh, but typically, you don't. Um, and even if you had a lot of time, you still have a lot of folks that want to have their voice heard, um, and so you have to manage that as well. Okay, so you're breaking down into these teams. When you come back, you know the seven teams, for instance, I'm just using that as a number. You know, you got one leader from that team who will come back and brief and talk about what the findings may have been. So that's just one example of. of of how we would do that but i think it, it's much more what we we've found is when you've got that larger group together uh, and the reality is um you're not responding like that i mean s- some organizations used to do it like that i hope there's not many responding with 80 people on phone calls anymore yeah. um ha- having that having their say on what's going on and you know um i was talking to someone today about uh about that as well so so yeah so it's just about you know again a lot more you know organization on, on the design on the design end um you know probably going into less detail and, and really focusing in on what can we really accomplish and then setting those expectations uh early um, you know, w- with those uh, participants. Just out of curiosity, with so many people, do you, is it a good idea to either record everything or have a note taker or both? Yeah, each group we we recommend have a scribe. I think in that in that one particular one, um, you know, in, in Boston, there uh, we made sure because again th- they were grouped into their particular um, areas of responsibility within the organization. So you know, um, you know, they had a pretty good process in terms of having a scribe. Uh, and again, every team should have a scribe, right? And mm-hmm. whether it's a crisis team, you know, whatever level a continuity team, you should always have someone uh, that's documenting um, what's going on throughout the life cycle of the event. So, uh, so yeah, and then you may have that rolled up as well, right? So you've got all those individual groups, and then you've got a, you know a, a corporate crisis team, if you will, that sits over the top of it. You know, again, rolling all of that information up in terms of what's happening. Okay, so now let's move to step four. Yeah, exercise uh, delivery uh, and evaluation. <clears throat> of course, this is a this is game day as we call it. So yeah, we we had step four. We we call it game day, but you know we don't because uh, of course we want to make a you know we're going to explain what it means. But uh, uh, you know, uh, and so delivery obviously uh, really important. It's not about you at this point. It's about the team. Uh, so when you do your introductions, you want to make it as brief as possible. What we like to do prior to this is send out a pre-read video. It's one of the things that uh, we send out early on uh, in the process so that gets everyone up to speed early on what the general expectations are you know where to be what time uh review the plan you know just remind remind and revise so really when you come into the scenario it's less about that first 10 minutes that's focused on you know just telling them what to expect and it's more time you know spent on the scenario because typically you have you have less time to focus on the scenario we like to have a leader alex uh you know um, give them talking points if they want them but typically they don't so the most senior person in the room or if there's someone on site that's you know if there's a you know a senior leader on site that wants to come in and and you know set the stage and say look this is really important to the organization you know focus in today on on, you know going through the challenges that are presented to you and uh, you know this is about improving on on our efforts to be more resilient so again that 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 one comment from you know 30 seconds from you know a leader really helps you as the delivery person um, you know set the stage for people to focus in and say okay the next three hours we're going to focus in because the boss said we have to focus in so that's the that's the delivery you know, initial delivery part uh, and then you are you know it's just about process then you've got content okay present the content you know break the teams up if you've got a decent sized team I, I even with a small team of you know 15 20 people i like to split them up into two groups because often you might have a leader that overtakes the conversation throughout yeah. the whole t- exercise so <clears throat> it's good to split them up you get different ideas from different groups you get some of of course the same responses as well which you would naturally get but then you'll get one or two thoughts from each group they'll go oh i wasn't thinking about that 
you know, and again, that's so breaking mm-hmm. them up really helps. Um, and it also gets them out of their bums out of seats as well. So I, as I like <laughs> to say, so you know, even for three or four hours, they get them out of the seats. And of course, in a virtual environment, it's a little different, but uh, certainly if you can come back together and have a group around the table, we had, we had a recent exercise, which was really good to see folks back around the table and they were really thankful for it. I did a couple recently and, uh, and that really worked well. And then the evaluation component. Oh, sorry. As you go through the exercise, again, same process, split them up, bring them back and then really you're looking to capture what the issues are so that's one of the main things about the exercise right you know what were the gaps that the teams found because they identify them walking through the process they didn't come Mm -hmm. from me from designing the scenario it didn't come from my design team it didn't come from anyone else other than them identifying what the problem was based on the storyline that we presented to them and then they're more likely to go away and update their plans if they identify the problems and so that's really important Mm -hmm. that uh, that that happens and then at the end of the um, uh, the delivery, at uh, the end of the exercise, you have a hot wash. That's really important. Gather all the main findings in um, that you've, uh, that you've that the team's identified, and again document all of that and take it away with you. So, so yeah, step four, uh, really important: the the delivery and, and evaluation. How do you challenge everybody that's uh, participating in the exercise so that they don't just go, "Yeah, we would just do this and this." Yeah, don't worry about that. You know, so that they don't have that, um, you know, well, there's a French expression that I can't remember, but, uh, you know, where they don't seem apathetic, yep. you know, they, 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 they actually feel uh, invigorated and taking out the 30 second speech from the executive, you know, <laughs> who's now left the room. Right. You know, right. how do you keep them going? Ah, we wouldn't do that. Yeah, we do this, you yep. know, cause I'm sure you've encountered people like that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the the more personal you can make it to their environment, right, and get down into the weeds. This is your database. This is your street where your office building is. Oh, and John Smith, you know, he works. You know, and John Smith is actually a you know a person that you work with, and John Smith is the one who did whatever he did. You know, so you, so you get really down into the details, um, and you surprise them. That's what, that's what we like to do, surprise them that you've mm. took the time or you've taken the time to really get down uh, and really understand their world uh, and make it relevant to their world. So we have a saying called um, uh, every every alligator needs feeding. <laughs> so if they're in the exercise, right, you, you're going to throw them a bone. You're going to throw them a piece of meat, right? And so mm. and that's everyone in the room as well. So, again, you know, that comes down to creative story. Listen, we, we, we live from we live to love for stories, right? So, uh, you know, movies, you know, books, whatever it might be. And, and we engage with those. And it's no different with scenario planning. The more realistic you make it to their environment, uh, the less challenges you will have uh, in terms of the, the naysayers is, is what we call them. Um, yeah. Occasionally, if we, you know, again, it, it's it's unusual now just because, you know, we've got to a stage where we're telling such good stories um, that, you know, people are, you know, uh, you know engaged throughout that uh, occasionally if you do have one of those um, and there are, especially in the leadership roles, as well um what we like to do is say uh, you've won the lotto uh, the lottery and you're a multi-millionaire now step off to the side or you've got sick you know so we, we change leadership roles over as well just naturally okay you've got sick family we want to bring a new leader in to get briefed up so there's different tactics that you can use certainly in more advanced tabletop exercises as well i would advocate using backups just so again to get those fresh ideas uh, and keep the uh, keep the bums out of those seats so to speak uh, I'll I'll tell you, give you an idea. Maybe you've used it. I don't know. Um, I did one of these uh, exercises years ago, and at the very end, uh, I gave everybody an envelope, and they opened it up, and there was a color inside, red, yellow, or green, and it identified. I said, based on the you know green, you were okay. Yellow, you were around somewhere, but un- couldn't be reached. And red, you were simply unavailable, yeah. couldn't be reached. Whatever. Based on the decisions and actions you just did, would you still be able to make, with the same decisions and actions, be done based on what you just, the color you just right. chose? Yeah. You know? That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. And uh, boy, <laughs> did it, it make some bring, change. Yeah, that brings it home to them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it turned out <laughs> there were two people in that room that had authority to sign uh, payroll checks, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yep. Both of them pulled out a red. <laughs> <laughs> and it was complete by accident. I didn't have it planned at all. Right. And I said, well, I said, now you got a, 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 an action, don't you? <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like that. So let's go to uh, step number five. 
Yeah, step five is, is post-exercise activities. So this is uh, putting a report together. So this is after we've left the venue. Um, we've, we've already collected the notes at the end of the exercise, a post-exercise uh, debrief, as we call it, uh, a hot wash. Um, and then when we leave there, um, we, we've got all those notes and we have to put an AAR together. That's an after-action report. Um, and so what we like to do is put a draft report together. And again, these are all the findings uh, from the exercise. So we have an executive summary who participated Participated a general overview of the scenario, and then we like to put observations and recommendations <clears> again based on everything that was found from from the uh, participants. We typically send that along, um, you know, and then we go through a process of sitting down um, with uh, the decision makers, the team, you know, team leads, whoever it might be, the coordinators, uh, and we go through each uh, line item. So, okay, observation one. The activation of the team was found to be uh, slow uh, due to uh, not having a thorough process for that. Do you agree that the recommendation is we need to update our procedure, you know, implement a new tool, practice that, and then everybody agrees on that, and then we go forward like that. So, and then once that's been, um, you know, uh, the, the, the thumbs are up for that. Um, we then finalize that and send that report through. What we like to do as well, Alex, is put together an after-action uh, summary video. So this is for the executives, um, and this is a short video, three to four minutes long. It summarizes everything that went on, the good, the bad, and the ugly um, in the exercise. And again, that's sent along to to the executive. So uh, that's another, you know, kind of a, a another one versus the fifteen p fifteen page PDF, which those execs won't read, but they'll like yeah. to hear that something's going on. We're, we're planning, you know, we're, we're running these exercises, um, and I can get, it. and then it's actually a good general sense of, oh, that's how these exercises are run. So it's actually, you know, for us, it helps as well push kind of like the next, you know, next volume of exercises for them. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've done a simple tabletop now. How about bringing the other time teams in? as well uh, that we need to coordinate with let's think about running a functional exercise which is you know a wider audience group so so that's you know typically the the post exercise or the, the main part of the post exercise activities you you mentioned a word there um the ugly so <laughs> how do you suggest communicating the ugly in this report and with executives yeah. Yeah. because that can't be tough because it could be a person, could be a process, could be something that's near and dear to an executive's heart that doesn't work. Yeah. How do you address it's, those kind of things? Yeah. So, so uh, you know, it's never about people because, you know, the reason we're here is because we have a plan. We have a team. We come together. Uh, whoever wrote the plan, if I don't implement that procedure correctly and I'm the lead for that pro uh, that role, um, then it's not me. It's the, it's the procedure itself. And so we identify, mm. really, that's what we focus in on. Of course, if someone's been obnoxious and uh, and rude, <laughs> and yeah, then, then, you know, then that's a side conversation to have. Yeah. But yeah, no, we, we, make it, we make it about the process to make sure um, that people feel comfortable. And again, it's about words, right? So, you know, we always get someone... Uh, who's good with words to do our proofing for us uh, and make sure we're, we're on point with that. But you have to be, look, going into the exercise, they have to understand that this is going to be an honest appraisal of where they currently sit from a preparedness standpoint. Mm -hmm. And they have to say, yes, you know, that's part of, you know, accepting the fact that we're going to go into this exercise, understanding that there will be gaps that we've identified, that will be identified. And we have to accept those. And maybe that's key because I, I know I, I know of situations, heard of situations and been a part of situations where that doesn't really get clearly communicated at the beginning. Right. So when an, an after action uh, report appears or an executive summary or a findings report, whatever the organization calls it, yeah. and there's a list of things, suddenly, you know, people are just taken aback. Right. You know, yep. you don't want that to happen. No, not at all. No. On that note, we've come to the end of our second segment. We are talking with Rob Burton about exercising for corporations, and we will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. 
The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Not enough women are talking about money. Lisa Chastain is aiming to change that. If you are feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money, Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become more capable with your financial choices. Listen in and hear stories from other women on how they tackled their financial challenges. You will learn from leading industry experts all the tips, tricks, and advice that you need to establish financial confidence and freedom. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. Today, we are talking about exercising for corporations with Rob Burton. Rob, you gave us some great uh, steps there, one to, one to five. Can you um, give us a kind of an overview summary of you know how you can kind of bring this together yeah i think the five steps to creating delivering and evaluating uh tabletop exercises they actually can be used for any type of exercise but uh, you know the the core principles are that pre-exercise piece so the objectives up front what why, why are we doing this the second part to that of course is um you know making sure that we have a good scenario it's a storyline remember that we spoke about to make it believable mm-hmm. uh, and make that engagement really um you know shine uh, and then we have those final logistics the discipline making sure that uh, audio visuals are working you know where the sound from a, a tech standpoint and we've got the donuts um the delivery <laughs> you know making sure you've got uh, a leader that announces um you know the exercise is important uh, you know the, the process that you're going to follow in the exercise you know, splitting teams up, bringing them back together. So uh, that's really important. And then the debrief at the end. And then the post-exercise activity piece as well, putting the report together, which again, you know, it, you know, actually one point I didn't mention in that last segment, I know we were, we were coming towards the end of it, is the remediation plan after the report. So the report's mm-hmm. been put together, right? Now we have to fix, you know, some of the issues in our plans, our policies, procedures, capabilities, whatever it might be. So that's the remediation planning at the very end, uh, which is part of step five. Just out of curiosity, when you go through that whole cycle, is it a good idea to retest the same thing or plan a new a new test, new exercise, building upon that? Yeah, I, I would get creative and, and integrate, you know, some of those, um, you know, you know, higher priority uh, ticket items that, you know, those more, you know, you know risk centric um, um, elements into your next uh, uh, exercise. Um, you know, you know, we can it can get stale if you run through the same scenario every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, not every um, item that you've picked up in the exercise in terms of those gaps that you've found, the, the observations, um, you know, may need actually, you know, testing in another exercise. It may be a simple procedural change, uh, maybe a word, uh, that's different, maybe, uh, you know, in, in your plan versus, um, you know, something else. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I would, yeah, I would just make sure you, you know, uh, you don't go crazy with it because then it becomes, <laughs> you know, about this laundry list. Right. Uh, and yeah. so naturally as you go through it and, you know, again, at using activation as an example, 
example, you know, you can practice activation without doing an exercise, right? So you can yeah. do that and you should be doing that on a regular basis. So, you know, just as an example, you can pull that one thing out and say, okay, we're going to activate the team every quarter and that will be our practice of the new process. And the remediation plan that you mentioned, um, that should contain what the uh, the the issue was or the problem yep. encountered. Is there anything else that should be assigned to that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know who's going who's responsible for making that change, right? And what is that change? And then a date. You know, when do we expect that change to be made? And it's really a, you know a, a benefit versus effort matrix. You know, how much time do we have to put into it? And you know, is there a big benefit from us doing that? Well, if it's mm-hmm. if it's low in terms of our effort, but it's a high uh, benefit, then we're just going to get it done. Right. And we're going to make sure that that's done. So, so we have a nice little um, template that we send along with our reports um, and a benefit, uh, you know, effort matrix remediation plan where we put all those issues and it's a good session to go through with the team. Okay. What, what do we think this issue, where does it stand on the, on the chart? Um, And we can walk through and distribute the tasks, you know, have a due date and then have a status column at the end. Oh, okay. So let's move to to the the next part. I'm really interested to hear, and this is uh, <laughs> some stories and yes. uh, some good and bad, and maybe some <laughs> ugly there. You know, well, <laughs> experiences that you've been through. Yeah, well, I, I wish we had more time because this this is because <laughs> we could spend the whole 45 minutes on this. Um, um, so exercises can go wrong. So um, I, I'll touch on one where um, you know two two stories actually. Um, one um, which which happens you know unfortunately on, on a somewhat regular basis. Uh, um, you, uh, the, this was a couple of years ago. This one particular story I talk about it in some training that we do, and it was in Indiana where. Uh, the local police had come in to do an exercise within a school um, and they came in um, and they had not told the teachers. Um, and I'm not sure why they did this anyway, but they used rubber bullets and they actually used them on the teachers. Oh mm. uh, yeah. There's a, there's a whole lawsuit afterwards and it was just became wow. a disaster. Yeah. Um, they simulated executing uh, one of the teachers. And again, I'm reading this. I'm reading this from an article, you know, um, a news article. So, um, so, but um, it didn't, it didn't go very well. So, um, you know, if you're going to, plan an exercise then uh you know just ask yourself what could go wrong and and using rubber bullets um you know uh yeah we used to use rubber bullets you know in in training exercises in the military it was well controlled then um so um so anyway yeah so that obviously that's you know the the ugly side of it right one personal experience um just the it's more of a well there's a couple but i'm going to touch on one just with the interest of time um we ran an, an exercise overnight for um an lng client of ours um and so it was a security exercise um and we were going through the night and it was you know um i forget the specifics around the the scenario uh in terms of what it was but uh essentially they had um uh, a security vendor that would visit um a, a not their complex, but the complex next door every two hours just to do a security uh, check on this, uh, you know, this location next door. Um, and it wasn't part of the exercise, but um, this individual would check in every two hours with our security to let them know that, you know, the security was being tested, that they would be, you know, in that area for the next five minutes doing their rounds. Anyway, come to 4 a.m., there was no check-in. And so here we are in the exercise and they were trying to radio them. And this is, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And all of a sudden we had to put a stop to the exercise, right? Because we have a, you know, I mean, again, wasn't part of, you know, our team that was being exercised, but there was a person missing. And this individual had not called in and they were supposed to call in the security, you know, uh, you know. So anyway, um, we're, we're not sure, but all of a sudden they came back on the radio I forget exactly, 45 minutes, maybe 50 minutes later, whatever it was, uh, and came back on and uh, we're not sure whether they went and took a little nap or (laughs) fell asleep or whatever it was, but it put a big wrench in the exercise because even though we didn't have someone missing from our, from the exercise play standpoint, you know, it was still a serious event and somebody, you know, uh, needed to be tracked down. Um, So it's just, you know, really interesting. You can plan all day long. I guess is the yeah. story here, right? And, and you know, something out of your control can come. Uh, and again, you just have to be able to manage it. So we we put a halt to the exercise and made sure we kind of kind of got a hold of the um, the individual. Well, believe it or not, we only have three minutes left. Okay. Do you have any final thoughts? Any final uh, comments you'd like to convey to everybody? 
Yeah, well, I, I know, I know. We wanted to talk about a good way to end an exercise because we've, we've and uh, the best one, the best one I've seen is an ice cream van showing up in a really hot central Florida, um, you know, environment <laughs> at the end of the exercise, and the morale w- went through the roof because we've been out in the field, um, you know, for many uh, for many hours. So that was a good way to end one. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, you know, just to wrap up, yeah, if you're not doing exercises, then you know, start you know uh, with with crawling and get some knowledge, get some information. Um, and then you know build up your scenarios make them realistic you know really create those objectives what do you want to accomplish you know uh, and they're fun make them fun and, and people you know again b- build stories people love to hear stories uh, make it relevant to their world and then they'll, they'll get engaged and it'll be you know some of the best training that you've that you've ever done and i remember an old uh, miner saying to me he'd been in the industry for 40 something years came up to me afterwards it was a simple tabletop and he said to me he shook my hand he said in the 40 years i've been in the mining industry and the mining business that's the best training i've ever had <laughs> yeah so that was a you know, great 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 feedback from an, you know someone who was tough and ready and you know been seen it all right done it all yeah. seen it all and uh you know so yeah so i guess that would be my my closing uh my closing comments there well rob thank you so much for joining us and talking about exercises i, I really appreciate it and again you know uh, you were long overdue to uh to come and talk. So I'm really glad you found the time to come in and share your expertise. I appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. And again, reach out to me anytime and uh, be happy to chat about anything about exercises. Careful what you wish for. I know everybody who said that I get them back. (laughs) (laughs) Rob, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And everybody watching and listening, stay prepared, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week.